This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My guest today is kind of a big deal. She spent nine and a half years at the University of Connecticut where she worked closely with the Huskies National Championship men's and women's basketball teams. She was part of eight national championship teams while at Connecticut. She is currently the assistant athletics director for sports performance KU since 2004. Since her arrival at KU, she has handled the strength and conditioning responsibilities for the men's basketball team. We know how successful they have been since 2004. And previously, she oversees the Anderson Strength and Conditioning Complex for all of KU sports. In 2013, she was named National College Strength and Conditioning Coach of the Year by the National Strength and Conditioning Association for her dedication to improving athletic performance with safe and effective science-based programs. And that's why we are talking to her. Her book is called Power Positions. Andrea Hootie, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of BG Dunks 2018. Yeah, thank you for having me. I looked up your book, Power Positions, on Amazon. And why would it cost me $997.09? Golden. Yeah. <laughs> I would guess five hundred dollars. Matter of fact, five hundred and ten dollars for another copy. I had a little issue with uh, with my publisher, so uh, I that's see. their way of getting back at me. That, oh, really? Okay, that's a story. I feel like I want to go in, but we shouldn't. You can certainly get the Kindle edition for seven ninety nine. You can get a paperback edition for three thirty nine. Talk to us about... I would argue that we have one of the most technologically sound weight rooms or school performance facilities in the world. And um, the thing that we've found out is that depending on the position you play in your sport, it's not sport-specific, it's position-specific. Depending on your body type, there's lots of different things that come into play when writing up uh, different programs for, for different people. So the power positions, we kind of broke the positions down into three positions. Now... There's generally three. There's a lot more depending on who they are. But in general, um, those three positions exist in almost every sport. Like um, you have the lateral rotational or the lateral reactive athlete. You have the rotational athlete and you have the linear athlete. All three of those people exist on a football team, soccer team, volleyball team. just depends on who you are. How much of sports training should be specific to exactly what you're doing. Meaning, if I'm a guy coming off the couch and I want to run a 5K, how much of it should I just be running? And how much of it should I be doing more ancillary things that people might not think of? Core strength, um, mobility in my legs, that sort of stuff. I think, one, it depends on who you are and your body type. Um, We're not going to change who you are, but... um we can, the, 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 the primary thing is to see people healthy. The worst type of athlete or person is somebody who's hurt. So uh, I think health is really important. Performance is important. If we can, um, you know, enhance both of those things at the same time, then that's great. Um, 
So people who get really good at running in a straight line, they tend to get really stiff because they come, become really efficient at it. Um, but if you're not good at running in a straight line, what we have to do is create that so that you do become efficient in it. And then once we create it, then you need to offset it. So that's kind of what we do with basketball players here because they're so good at what they do that um, sometimes we need to undo it to create health. Tell me more. What do you mean? Uh, give me examples. I guess the best example I could give and maybe one that people could picture is a football player who's, um, you know, muscle-bound, but they don't move very well. Uh, they're strong, but they don't move very well with their environment. And they're playing a, a sport where their bodies are contorted in all different ways uh, on contact. So what we need to do is create movement. Um, within the joints and, and mobility uh, and suppleness in the muscles so that um, they can be willing to move. Otherwise, things are going to break. So I always use the example of um, the suspension spring in a car. It's tight, you know, and in a sports car, that suspension is really tight. You go over a pothole, you could break that suspension versus a sinky spring, which will move with the environment, you know. Interesting. So I always do, I always do uh, body typing with car types. Let me ask you about this. You've worked with, I mean, the University of Connecticut, certainly the women's team, the men's team, two dominant basketball programs, and somehow you found maybe a more dominant one, I don't know, but a very impressive one uh, in KU athletics. When you talk about, and when we're watching a super athlete or a team of super athletes on the court, to get there, how much of that is mental and how much of it is pure, just they were born with it? Uh, I don't, uh, like Andrew Wiggins, for example, he, his mom was a 400-meter sprinter, world-class, and dad was an NBA player. So I would tell you that he had some really good genes growing up. Um, so that's part of the equation. I think him playing in uh Working on the skill of basketball is really important, too. So mentally, that's tough. Um, I think both of those things can develop along the way. It just depends on what needs to develop more in the individual. There's a big debate with parents. At what point do you start specializing or make sure they're playing all the sports? What's your take on that? Yeah, I think um, people need to play different sports for sure, especially youth athletes. Um, What we see with kids who've been playing the same sport over and over and over again is that they don't want to play the sport anymore by the time they get to us, or they're so injured from being so good at a sport that they haven't done anything else to offset it. It's just like, just because you have a sports car and it goes 150 miles an hour doesn't mean you drive it 150 miles an hour everywhere you go, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So um, I think there needs to be a healthy balance in terms of letting kids play. Because, you know, if I put kids together now and say, hey, how about you guys separate into teams and play dodgeball? They have no clue what I'm talking about. Wow. I have to organize it for them, and then I have to tell them how to do it. Right. It, the, the weird thing as a parent, and I agree with you because I was horrible at several sports as a kid, but I loved playing them all. But you get kind of in a weird situation where, so my 10-year-old, she has friends that are specializing, so they're playing with better players, and they seem to get the better coaches and better training. And as a parent, I worry that she might end up getting behind. 
Yeah, even if she's behind now or it looks as though she's behind now, I think what you might want to see, though, in the future is what's going on later, is that she might over and surpass them because they could get burned out and quit. Okay. You know? Let me talk to you real quick about my bet. So a year ago, I bet somebody here in the office that I could dunk a basketball inside of a year. Now, I've never dunked a basketball in my life. I'm not exactly sure why I made this bet, although I will say, now that I'm inside three months to paying it off, to do something and to take on a goal that seems impossible has been an amazing journey. And I've certainly benefited in many ways. But, Andrea, I'm, uh, I'm a long shot. And that's kind of why I asked the mental question, because it's been a mental roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster for me. And I don't know. Uh, I guess my first question pertaining to my bet is, when it comes to the human physical limitations, how do we know what they are? Like, I might have just bitten off more than I can chew, right? It might have just been physically impossible for me to ever dunk a basketball. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, some people never get there, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Age, strength, um, you know, could you do it before? Uh there's so many factors, it's hard to say which one. You know, is there a mental block, too? I think there's a mental block. That's doing me no favors. Because on some level, it's like, okay, be positive. You can do it. Picture yourself doing it. But what if I really can't do it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's going to be problematic, right? Because the the positive thinking isn't going to get me to dunk. No, uh-uh. No, but visualization could help. But if physically you're limited, right, and, you know, again, health is the most important thing, um, and, and I can't say that jumping is the most healthiest thing that we do as humans. What do you mean by jumping isn't the most healthy thing we do? Breaking against the ground. Basketball is not a very healthy sport for feet, knees, hips, back, you know, anything that causes an impact like that. Um and even football, the contact and impact, those things aren't healthy. Oh, great. Well, luckily, I don't do a ton of jumping. I'm doing plyometrics and a lot of lunges and that sort of stuff. But age is a concern for me. I'm, I'm 72 years old, so I'm a long shot here. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm not 72, although sometimes I feel like it. Like, I can touch the rim, but I still need a good... Four, let's say six. What can I do? Do you have any suggestions for me? Well, there, the, the thing here's the thing: your age might be the the uh, limiting factor because, uh, and I don't know your health background either. Um, but one of the easiest ways to um, have people jump higher is to increase rate of force production and to increase their strength, right? So uh, I would say maybe squatting, maybe doing more lunging, but also doing plyometrics, uh, not horizontally, but more vertically. But then that puts your body at compromise. So I, I don't know if that's the goal that you really necessarily want to do at your age. It would have been great to talk to you nine months ago or <laughs> $1,000 ago, but I can't quit at this point, right? I'm like two and a half months away. 
a lot to increase in uh, too much. It is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I was afraid of that. What do you think's doable in two and a half months? Uh, it depends on your history, you know. Um, it's hard to generalize that, you know. Are you tapped out now? Yeah, I'm tapped out. <laughs> Mentally, I'm tapped out. Maybe you should just pay your friend and get it over with. I know. Well, that's not exactly what I was hoping to hear from you, but I think you may. Be. But again, I will say, if somebody would have said, look, give me $1,000 and nine months from now, you'll be in the best shape of your life. You will be considerably healthier than you've ever been. You'll certainly be able to jump higher. I think it's been worth it, but it's been interesting, again, like I said, to try something that is probably impossible. It's been quite a journey. Um, my next goal is to run a mile under four minutes. What should I do, Andrea? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Start running. <laughs> Um, um, so I'm a long shot. Well, you just, okay. Let me ask you about the, um, the weird shoes. Remember we used to wear those back in the nineties. People would bear, wear the shoes that had the big platform on the front. Yeah. Uh huh. Are those legit or no? Uh, I would say that it was more so the jumping program that they sent with it than the shoes itself. Oh, uh, so it was the workout, not the shoes necessarily. But if you did both, you go, Oh, these shoes must've worked. Absolutely. Okay. Will you give me, what is your favorite increase your vertical jump workout? Or just work, like just uh, exercise? Again, I don't want everybody going out and doing it because you don't know what the, the health of the athlete is. Okay, I'm, I'm very healthy for my age and my unhealthiness. Uh, a depth jump where you, you step off a box, hit the ground, and as soon as you can, jump up on another box or jump as high as you can. I've been doing that. I've been doing that. I've also been working with BFR machines, which evidently is a good thing. I don't know. It's super painful. With BFR? The blood flow restriction. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying. When, you, when people find out, last question, because I'm kind of broken. Um, last question. When people find out you work for KU Basketball, I'm sure they ask you one thing over and over and over and over again. What is the most common question you get asked? Well, how do they listen to a woman? <laughs> that's, that's something I was going to bring up. What is your response? Um, it's, I mean, people have, I teach, you know, I, I, it, we're a results-based organization where we teach movement. And um, we teach it to all different types of people. And I think athletics is one of the most diverse places there it, that exists. Um, I have a resume that uh, people will look at and pay attention to. So I, I, I don't know. I, I was in male sports growing up, so I never looked at male, female. I looked at uh, athletes, you know, coach, period. That was it. The response would be, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Just get down and give me 55 push-ups, and uh, <laughs> why wouldn't they? Um, listen, uh, it was so nice to talk to you. Power Positions is the book. Um, you can find it on Amazon. And uh, where else can we get it? i got to imagine there's better places to get it, huh? Uh, yeah, you can email me at ahudy at ku.edu. Oh, perfect. 
Also, you're a great follow on Twitter. I don't know if you're on Instagram, but A underscore H-U-D-Y on Twitter, and you can see some of these guys in action, and and uh, it's quite impressive. You're impressive. Your resume is impressive. For KU fans that happen to listen, thank you for what you do. And for me personally, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.